0: I was recently asked by a six-figure client to find him a go-to software for running the keyword and listing side of his Amazon business. As always, I simply recommended Helium 10. Helium 10 is the all-in-one software tool for entrepreneurs to help them start, build and grow a business on Amazon. With over a million users served and over two billion products tracked, they certainly know their business. One of the main reasons I use them and recommend them to my clients is that it allows you to manage your business seamlessly and in one place. Their artificial intelligence system is sophisticated enough to help you find your next market. It also helps you create a listing and manage sales, all with less time and effort. Plus, you can trust the data to help you make important decisions. You also get access to in-depth training from industry experts. So whether you're just starting or several years in, Helium 10 is a must-have tool for the Amazon side of your business. You'll get 50% off your first month of Helium 10 Platinum when you go to Helium10.com and use the code AMAZINGFBA when you check out. Once again, just go to Helium10.com and use the code AMAZINGFBA. Amazing FBA for 50% off your first month. Hey there, folks. Question Is inflation happening in fast moving consumer goods? Follow-up question, if it is happening, what should we do about it as Amazon or e-commerce sellers? I'm pleased to introduce uh, the first of three episodes, sort of mini-series on this topic from our sister podcast, The E-Commerce Leader, where Jason Miles and myself jam each week on a topic. I say jam, it sounds a bit improvised, but actually we've got a very, very big sort of spread of topics we organised about two years ago that we're working our way through. Inflation is a very topical one. And uh, the first thing we're going to examine in today's show is, is inflation happening? What are the drivers behind it so that we can try and look ahead as e-commerce operators to what is coming three, six, 12 months down the line? and position our businesses to survive or even thrive in what could be a pretty tough economic environment. So enjoy the show uh, as ever. Don't forget to subscribe, but in this case, I'm going to say, don't forget to subscribe to the e-commerce leader, which is the sister podcast. And I think you'll find this very thought provoking stuff. Enjoy the show. Well, ladies and gentlemen, bad news. Inflation. Inflation is a subject often argued about by two sets of people whose opinions are at best limited in trust. And that's probably putting it politely. First of all, economists, the practitioners of the so-called dismal science of economics and stock market pundits on TV. So it'd be lovely to just focus on running our e-commerce businesses undisturbed by seeming economic theory or talking heads. Sadly, in the real world right now, inflation is hitting us hard in e-commerce. Very hard. Right now and every day Uh, if we hope it all just goes away i think we leave ourselves vulnerable to whatever comes next so as true business leaders i think we need to see the waves coming and position ourselves to ride the waves not get swamped or even drown in the waves jason are you ready to dive into today's topic
1: yeah, man, this is going to be a good one. Inflation is top of mind for everybody. We don't usually do topics that are in the news. You know, This, <laughs> this might be the first topic we've ever covered that's actually like a news item concurrently with when we we're going to talk about it. Usually our stuff is way more obscure for just e-commerce sellers, but this one touches everybody. And I think it's an ev- it's a valuable topic. And of course, as e-commerce sellers, I think we do have specific actions we can take. And in fact, we have a list of nine or 10 things that we're going to go through today in the podcast that are specific uh, approaches e-commerce sellers can take. So yeah, I'm excited about this one. It's going to be great.
0: Yeah, it's, it's not a fun topic. And as you say, it's not because it's current that really I think we should address it. And when you mentioned mm-hmm. it, mm-hmm. it just keeps coming up naturally in conversation with e-commerce um, operators everywhere. I mean, it's it's actually hitting us harder and yeah. more immediately, I think, in e-commerce than the wider economy. I think we're kind of on the front end of the shockwave, really.
1: Okay, wait, why do you keep saying it's not a fun topic? Because I think this is a fun topic. I mean, it's <laughs> interesting. You have to no, learn something new. And
0: I think it's, it's intellectually fascinating. I just think it's not fun to experience it if, if your cost prices go up. <laughs> Okay, wait. Well, 20, 30%. <laughs> is,
1: now we're going to be meta for a moment. Do you feel victimized by the inflation that's occurring? Or do you, feel, do you feel out of control about it all? Or do you feel like you have a measure of control? This is getting meta.
0: Sorry, but this isn't even in the script or anything. This is very interesting. <laughs> well, yeah, I feel. do I feel victimized by it? I feel, put it this way, if you don't take some drastic steps, yeah, you're yeah. going to be a victim. Yeah. And okay. most of the sellers I work with are at the moment currently victims of massively increased cost prices. Not so much just in China, but the freight. Like the, just, just to bring it home, the e-commerce seems inflation reality at the moment china's factory gates are up about six percent average i think in okay. for you was some sort of general economic statistics i read but for the people i'm working with generally speaking it's higher than that maybe up to 10 percent because they can't they're not sony or walmart they can't put in massive orders and get the yeah. best prices so the second you maybe, thing is oh, freight oh. which is uh up internationally about 400 percent on last year it's just yeah. absolutely insane so that
1: that feels like you're victim in a way. I mean, it's just, it, it, but let's just put it this way. It's a great topic and there are actions that you can take that move oh, you sorry. out of victim mode and into active operator mode. Because, you know, entrepreneurs aren't victims very, we, we like to impose reality. You know what I mean? We like to like take charge of stuff. So, I think that's it, some of the tension there. Okay, so let's keep True. going. Let's, okay, let's keep
0: going. Let's, All right. Yeah, well, I was just going to say, I mean, the, the broad two areas that I think we're going to address, Jason, is, is inflation happening, which is the yes. first question, which is a big sort of pundit kind of question. And yeah. the second, much more important, what should we do about it? And I agree right. with you that as entrepreneurs, we should be responsive to the environment. I think the idea of imposing control is mm-hmm. possibly a little bit wishful thinking when you're dealing with literally global trends, but you can certainly position yourself. And I suppose mm-hmm. that's the word I used at the beginning is position yourself to one either ride a wave or stay out of the way of a big one that would crush you yeah. rather than trying to impose control, I guess. But uh, yeah. either which way, yes, there is a list of 10 things we can do about it. Certainly not advocating despair. That That is the last thing. It's definitely things we can do to address it. So we start with the question, is inflation happening? So you already cited a few statistics.
1: So in your opinion, obviously it is occurring. We all are feeling it that in that regard. What else is top of mind for you as it, answering that question? Is it happening?
0: Yeah, I think in a way what matters, and just to bring it back to the e-commerce leader, not the economist, sort of amateur economist hour podcast, right? We're here to serve yeah. e-commerce leaders. And I think what matters is that whether inflation is present in general is one question, but whether it's present in e-commerce is a much more mm-hmm. sharp edge, mm-hmm. <laughs> pressing question. I would say it definitely is. The the other thing to bear in mind, if if you see a mismatch between perhaps your world in, e- in e-commerce, particularly if you're importing from China above all or importing from anywhere else, but not only – and what you hear in the news, I hear a bit of a mismatch. I hear like people going, mm, is there inflation? I'm going, my God, there's so much inflation here. And the reason there's a mismatch is because inflation rates given by governments or central banks are an average across a basket of goods, as they call it. So just like real estate, a bland average can hide a huge variation in specific right. areas. So I think that's why... Not only is inflation happening for, for anyone who's importing, but anyone who's vulnerable to that supply chain. Even mm-hmm. if you buy in America, somebody in America has probably bought a lot of the goods uh, or parts of the goods from abroad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And therefore, I, I don't see uh, any of us who buy goods to to resell or make have a goods made abroad avoiding it, whatever the general economy says.
1: Yeah, it's an interesting uh, point. I, I think that it's almost like it, it pops up here and there. Or, you know, it hits the economy here and there in different ways. I think what happened last year, if I reflect back on it now, it's kind of interesting because you could ask the question, is the demand for something going spiking? Like, you know, we have clients we work with on the coaching businesses and some of their suppliers literally said, sorry, uh, I'm completely sold out. Well, what those suppliers actually should have done was radically raise their prices. But they didn't do that because they didn't realize they were in an inflationary environment. So they just sold through all their supply. Other suppliers, I think, kind of later, like in the lumber uh, sector right now, they realized, wait, 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 we can't sell through our supply. So they raised their prices radically. So then, you know, then, then you're like, what in the world? A two by four, for, you know, went from 93 cents to like, you know, four dollars. Or whatever it is, eleven dollars. I mean, wood supply is going crazy. So, so I think that's how this stuff happens: is sector by sector, business by business. People realize something's happening that's weird, and then they react or make a, a, a choice about whether to pass along those uh, that that impact to their customers. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. Obviously, that's the situation all of us are in right now. Is do we pass it along? Uh, and, and some people are have been positively impacted by all this stuff. Some businesses have been radically helped by all this stuff. Others have been hurt by it and others are just like, what's happening? I don't know, but you know, whatever. I'm in the middle somewhere. So, yeah.
0: Interesting point. And uh, to that question, which is a very practical question, and by the way, you you prompted me to think about one of the practical responses to this, which I've changed from a rather abstract one, which is possibly raising prices, because right. that's when the general yeah. perception of price for the consumers mm-hmm. does matter, is on right. the selling side. So yeah. if you're selling on Amazon or you're in Shopify style and you're yeah. importing from China, is this very typical scenario then mm-hmm. or anywhere else really. Yeah. Particularly China, then of course you've got a decision to make that if your costs have gone shooting through the roof and right. you stand to make a loss or no profit at all mm-hmm. or very thin profits compared to what it was last year, and responses. then can yeah. you do you pass it on? And then that comes down to who blinks first with your competition and and also the general perception because it's one of those self fulfilling yeah. things that if the pundits all say inflation yeah. is rising, then everyone kind of expects it. People at the factories yeah. want more more pay. The labour market, you know, yeah. demands more money. And so on and so forth. Okay, so we're getting into already the actionable.
1: See, I dragged you right into the actionable action uh, yeah. activities. But okay, let's keep talking about this stuff for a moment theoretically though, is the question yeah. is really about supply and demand. That's the, the the you know, the hinge that this all swings on is this question exactly. of what is the supply available and what is the demand for it. And if you're a middleman in the universe of supply, you know, you've got some manufacturing that occurs or you put stuff together, you've got component parts that go into what you sell, then, you know, the, the question is what is your, you know, the supply related to your component parts and how does that pass along? So that's sort of the, the tenants of what we're looking at, right? What's happening on the supply side, what's happening on the demand side and whether we can all figure it out together for our own businesses, you yeah.
0: Broadly speaking, I agree, and that's the immediate and everyday thing that we see. I do think if you take a medium-term view, like even two or five years, that that there are a couple of other things that are maybe more important Mm -hmm. than they might initially appear. I don't disagree with supply and demand. It's a very robust Mm -hmm. piece of classical economics. Everything else is up for a bit more debate, but there are Mm -hmm. a couple of other factors that I think we we need to examine. But I'll come to those in a sec. I mean, let's uh, let's talk supply and demand. As you say, it is the kind of meat and potatoes of economics.
1: Yeah. So, I guess the question is, what has happened in the last year that has, like, what is happening? Like, why is all of this feel like it's out of whack or in flux? What in the world did we just encounter in the last, you know, uh, 12 to 24 months and how has it impacted us, you know, business wise? You mentioned about costs in China. Other yeah. people in the comments are saying our shipping is getting is killing us. Our yeah. shipping is killing. So thank you for the feedback in the comments as well, those who aren't watching live. So let's talk through a little bit about that. What do you think is the critical pressure, you know, on the on the demand side? Why is demand spiking? Let's talk through the demand side first and then we'll talk about supply, I guess.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's worth revisiting the very basics just to keep it clear-minded because a lot of the time this stuff isn't complex. But once the detail comes in, you lose the basics, which is if demand exceeds supply, prices normally go up. If mm-hmm. supply is decreased, even demand stays the same, prices would go up. But I think what's happening is fairly simple, which is that demand has spiked, particularly in the e-commerce sector specifically for fast moving consumer goods or, you know, normal consumer consumables. And yeah. and that's because everyone was stuck at home on their keyboard, particularly in the UK. I think also in Germany and places like that and the US as well. So, so that's, that's a basic a- theory. Uh, basic Ecom 101 says if
1: if demand goes up, prices rise. Yeah. But I think what I just said is also true, which is if demand goes up, sellers sell out.
0: Yes. That's before also an they option. Raise prices. Yeah. But the other people <laughs> who have not sold out will realize that their competition's out of stock and raise right. their prices so, so ultimately like, somebody's going to get yeah. raised prices and higher it's, profits. <laughs> it's like the first wha- like demand goes up,
1: surprise. Yes. The the sellers sell out and they're like what just happened? We had an amazing yeah. day. We had an amazing week. Wait, we had an amazing month. Wait, yeah. we had an amazing quarter. Wait, we're totally out of supply. Yeah. <laughs> our business is ruined. <laughs> it's because they're not they realize, responding. And then yeah. they get supply the back in. They, they yeah. get stock in. And then they say to themselves, we can't do that again. We can't yeah. sell at these prices. We, we're going to sell out of our inventory. We just got a container. It took us three months. We can't sell it all in like, you know, uh, overnight. We better...
0: Yeah raise our prices right absolutely so right sort of well yeah hurt. well look now you're talking about the action piece because obviously supply and demand uh, determine yeah. price but price kind of also de- determines speed of of sales right yeah, so yes sure. you're absolutely right that's okay. you're you're bang on with your insights there i think i mean that's exactly how i've said to somebody and they uh-huh. said one of my a belgian client now we're getting into the actionable stuff but hey the belgian guy that, that i work with who is selling stuff that was just flying out the door and i said right when's your stock going to come in he said okay december the 20th i yeah. said well that's no good for christmas so you need to manage such that you will run out of stock at about the 20th of December. And he managed price to manage his stock levels. And by coincidence, he doubled his price. That was never the aim. The aim is to not run out of stock, right. but to maximize the money you make from your stock is, is 100% the right thing to do, right. which is, yeah, a more actionable side thing.
1: Okay, so why... Okay. Why is demand spiking? We can talk through this, right? So in COVID, when COVID hit, people stockpiled. Just like, where's the toilet paper? We don't, <laughs> we don't have enough toilet paper. I don't know why everyone's always obsesses over the, their bathroom <laughs> breaks, but, but they've got to hoard toilet paper and other things. So so demand spikes for such things obviously we were all at home working from home you know so the the demand spiked for some things but demand completely evaporated for other things which of course has hit the economy in very weird ways you know no one could go to restaurants no one could go to the movies no one could go you know out to on a cruise or whatever so demand was completely pent up in a lot of ways for some things and in other things it just you know it was like give me more books give me more toilet paper give me more you know whatever movies or what you know home you know Netflix episodes Mm. So that's kind of what's dri- driven the demand side of this is just the covid implication of this stuff, right? What what else is driving demand pressure, do you think? Anything?
0: Well, it's an interesting question because I think a lot of it, the the question of timing comes in, and we're recording this in early June 2021, and the question Mm -hmm. is, okay, so there was an excessive demand, therefore that kind of soaked up the supply that was available for a while. Is that just going to kind of play through and be balanced out in Mm the next two or three months? And I guess that that you could say that the demand pressure is probably off now to some degree for a lot of the products that were under crazy demand that you've just Mm -hmm. mentioned. Mm -hmm. And I imagine that the, the demand, you know, people have only got so much time and money to spend and they're probably spending it in hubs right now less than in front of you know in Britain anyway Mm -hmm. and and less in front of the you know stuck in front of of Amazon shopping away yeah yeah that said though, so that's the demand side I'm not sure it's it's a complicated messy thing but I think that the demand side don't forget that it's not just e-commerce doesn't work in a vacuum because 90% in the US or whatever it is 86% whatever it ends up being percent most of the retail happens in physical retail in the US right. in yeah. the UK is more e-commerce buyers than anywhere else in the world I think but yeah. even so most of it's physical so they still yeah. manufacture stuff in factories in China and they still ship it in the same si- yeah. um, shipping containers and the same ships yeah. so that's still going to be you know it could be that there's a massive spike in demand that comes from people physically going to retail now that's very speculative mm-hmm. i just don't know but i don't necessarily think the demand is going to drop i just don't think it's going to be quite as dramatic this year as it was okay you know so I mean? that's demand now yeah. there's
1: also this other tension though which is the supply side of things yeah like the so for example we have a coaching client we work with who one of their component parts is top bottle tops mm-hmm. and uh, and they just couldn't get them and, and they were selling like gangbusters in every way, shape, and form, except they couldn't get their their bottle tops. So they were scrounging the world, worldwide, scrounging for bottle tops. Can I can I buy you know can I buy, can I buy twenty thousand bottle tops from you? No. How about you over here? Uh, do you know anyone in in India who I can find some bottle tops from or whatever? And uh, so this the supply just evaporated. On that side of things, and so that was the cha- their challenge, and so that that impacted their supply chain radically, and they had to work through that and solve it. And so that's so supply side. So let's talk about that. What is what is the supply side? mean? How has it impacted e-commerce sellers? And oh, wow. what are your thoughts on supply side issues? Well, wow,
0: where do we start? I, I think this is the real driver of the inflation of prices, as which is to say that as e-commerce um, middle middlemen or middle people intermediaries, whichever one you want, we're experiencing right now. Now, whether that gets passed on to the consumer and to what degree is a very, very interesting question we've addressed. But First of all, um, COVID shut down Chinese factories, which is kind of the world's factories. Is it a third? Is it half of the world's manufacturing? It's certainly a huge percentage. Mm-hmm. And that was in early 2020. And obviously, they've come back on stream to say, I don't know, 80%, 90% capacity. But even a 10% capacity constraint can actually raise prices by a surprisingly large amount if demand stays the same. Mm-hmm. And I think to some extent, that's what's happening. I mean, if you, if you, for example, you're going to buy some stuff at a market and somebody there are 100 people wanting some stuff and there are 100 units, then they can also buy at a certain price. If you've got 100 people wanting some stuff and you only have, you know, five units left at the end, suddenly you're going to get a very, you know, if you've got 10 people wanting five things, you get a price war. And I think in simplistic terms, that's one of the things that's happened. Covid shut down many UK, US, EU factories, and they've been struggling to get back on stream. They're at social distancing, so the capacity is just less. Raw materials have been in short supply, and that doesn't help either because they're also under the same kind of situation Self self-isolation also but i think that the the freight sort of um, limitations is there's quite a lot of complexities there that i discussed in detail with the freight forward the other day for my yeah. for the podcast that is a really very major bottleneck the other stuff yeah. is kind of bad that is just horrendous and i think that's really the big driver behind the, the
1: and so danger. The, the shipping side the global mm-hmm. shipping costs just those guys didn't screw around did they they immediately <sighs> transitioned their costs to the to their customers i mean th- those guys had their finger on the trigger to raise their prices instantly okay. and uh, we all felt that when we were trying to do stuff so I, yeah i think that the, the the shipping thing is an interesting one the question is i guess i mean it, who cares why they did it or w- what goes into it i mean we all we all we all know there was a huge Container ships stuck in the Suez Canal or wherever for like, you know, two weeks and that clogged up the whole global shipping universe. But it's like beyond that, like, okay, wait, why is all this costing so much more? The the factories don't have products. You know, it seems as if there were issues that you would think would lower the demand for shipping, but it didn't happen that way. The shipping demand radically increased, apparently.
0: And I don't cost know if it's... Passed on well, to us. That's an interesting question. Or do you think it was... You don't think it was vol- volume-related issues? No, I think it is volume-related issues, but I think the okay. supply side has been more of an issue. And I did speak to somebody um, on for the podcast on... Well, last week for... He's been in the business for 20 years of supply chain management. And I think as far as I can tell, there's just a huge lack of capacity. I mean, if you bear in mind that India, which is about one in six people Mm -hmm. on the planet is in India or or India Mm -hmm. and Pakistan, they have a terrible issue with COVID right now. So not Mm -hmm. only are those factories offline, but a lot of ships, shipping containers and other shipping assets are stuck there. mm -hmm, They're just not being moved because it wouldn't be allowed, you know, because Uh of infection risk. The other thing is that as the money to be made but also that the frantic demand is there between china and the usa ships are being stuck in, in shipping lanes uh, for example if there's ships yeah. in turkey that would normally go to egypt to transport stuff or even say turkey mm-hmm. to australia or some obscure shipping route. they're now not being moved so it's a little bit uh-huh. like if you have a, a storm and, and there's trains in the wrong place it takes a long time to get them back in the right place and they're not even bothering to move them back in the right place they haven't right. got the incentive yeah. so there's a lot of ships that are just not available there's a lot of freight containers that are just not available yeah. for various reasons. And my understanding is, therefore, they just simply have really strong demand, maybe not ex- really incredible, but stronger yeah. than usual, but a very much reduced amount of yeah. uh, freight containers, people to to operate them and freight ships and other such things. And that's where the problem really starts to dig very deep.
1: You know, this all would be completely theoretical for me, except for the fact that for our charity, we just literally like. As we record this, it was last Tuesday, so like six, seven, uh, five days ago, we imported 40,000 pairs of girls' underwear from Jakarta, Indonesia into Durban, South Africa. And uh, so, went through that whole process and then got them freighted, you know, on on the truck up to Lusaka, Zambia. And uh, so, watching that process was fascinating and it did take a long time. So, I guess I have first-hand experience in this crazy thing, although I don't have enough experience to know whether it was fast or slow or expensive or inexpensive, but it is interesting to see the demand worldwide and how these things work. Okay, so this is feeling all very theoretical at the moment, but uh, well, let's just can I just call you on one, that? Sorry, sorry, oh, but yeah, ahead, definitely,
0: definitely not theoretical I, if I may say so. I mean, like, I, I guess you haven't okay. been in that business. Okay, I guess
1: not actionable
0: yet. The okay, ten, not actionable, the action. yeah, but it is a very untheoretical pain. So, they've yes. got 10K, collectively members that are paying twelve thousand dollars for a container yeah, from sure. China East Coast to UK when last year the same size container was four thousand. So yeah, it, sure. it's okay. a very big difference. But yes, you're right, not actionable. But Absolutely let's talk, correct.
1: Before we get into the actions actionable items. Let's just touch on the government policy related stuff. You know, the mm. quantitative easing is happening. Yeah, And then also, I don't know how the lay of the land works in the uh, United Kingdom and Europe, but for the U.S., the governmental opportunity for a business owner was a couple things. There was a, a grant program called the IDLE program. And then there was a, a PPP, you know, process for, in essence, sort of a loan that was forgivable theoretically if you get it forgiven and uh, so that was in essence a money money opportunity and, and input from the government and what are your thoughts on what's happening right now with quantitative easing the money supply the ability to get cash through government programs or Okay. Other methods.
0: So, assuming that we're still talking about that, is it happening? And, and what I guess the why yeah. question is what we should have said it, it, with the inflation. And I don't yeah. know, apologize for talking about the facts behind inflation because it may sure. seem like an obscure thing, but it's such a big reality we're going to have to deal with, I think, for <laughs> maybe the next two years. So, if you're talking about those as root causes for inflation mm-hmm. as opposed to an opportunity, which we'll talk about the actionable stuff, mm-hmm. we, we will definitely have got a big old list of that. But stimulus money, so helicopter money, as they called it, in the US, furloughing the UK, mm-hmm. or grants to small businesses or big. Businesses or quantitative easing is slightly different, all of yeah. which basically puts more money out there and uh, circling right. around chasing the same amount of goods or services and that basically especially if you're a monetarist like Milton friedman to, to sort of mention somebody if you want to go deeper into this if you're a nerd like me but it basically is it, the the basic root cause of inflation if you're that kind of person so it's not just supply and demand yeah. if you print a load of money then you generally push towards inflation over time and that's it's been such an unsubtle amount that i would be amazed if it doesn't show up somewhere shocking amounts a yeah. crazy amount yeah a very so I very think that's large that's for many people is like wait wait
1: wait how much money is the governments of the world dumping into the economies what is going to happen one thing prices are going to go up so yeah okay so so that whole component we can talk through the merits of that or you know the (laughs) ills of that or not or whatever but who cares at this point it's happened it's out there the governments have done what they've done as operators of businesses we just need to say to ourselves how does that impact my business what are the risks rewards opportunities threats etc cetera, etc cetera. yeah
0: one one final point again before we get into how do we respond as e-commerce operators or managers or, or business yeah. owners one other government policy thing that is going to drive inflation quite strongly is is tax uh policy and again mm-hmm. They've become such a political thing. And I know you hate your politics. We're not going to get into, is it good, bad or indifferent? Yeah. But the fact is, when you've got huge government debt, that is, it was a big percentage of, of GDP even in the UK, USA, a lot of uh, EU economies, even before COVID, is now massive. Yeah. There's, they've got to you know, probably uh, do a number of things to pay that off, one of which I think is inflation. That's actually the government's friend, even though they would never, never dare to say it. And the other one is yeah. tax, you know? Yeah. Well, the so first one is
1: also curve. referred to as debasing your currency, hmm. which, you know, yeah. the the now we get into the gold bugs and the crypto bugs. You yeah. know, the people who believe that the governments are debasing their currency to get out of their obligations Yeah, elegantly yeah. might not be wrong. I think and the right. question yeah. is, <laughs> if <laughs> that's occurring and no one's saying it, like, hey, how do you pay? You know, because, so, okay, sorry, I don't want to get into politics. Trust me, just stop the recording if we get into politics. But let me just (laughs) let me just, you know, say this when politicians say we're borrowing from our grandkids, we don't have the money we're borrowing or we're, you know, we're we're borrowing this from our from our future generations or whatever. It's not true. That's not how it works. You don't borrow anything from the future. What you do is you just are going into debt. And there is no from the future borrowing. That's just a stupid theoretical phrase, at least in the U.S., people frequently say, Hmm. when they want to increase the debt. And there is no such thing as borrowing from your grandkids. The only thing that's actually occurring is massive new debt. And the only solution to that is pay it off or the monetary... tool you use to pay for it, you you debase. Mm-hmm. And if you've gone to Zimbabwe, I have been there. If you've gone to Romania, I've been there, and Eastern Europe countries, they will talk to you. Like in Eastern Europe, I never forget sitting and talking to elderly people. We would go to hospitals. This was in you know the early 90s, uh, and uh, we'd go to hospitals and pray for people and, and chat with people right after the fall of the Berlin Wall. And we'd talk to these people and, and we'd ask them, what what's your situation? And, you know, how, how what, what did you do in your career? And many of the elderly people there would say, well, I, I'm a pensioner." That's the phrase they use. Now, that's not a common phrase in the U.S. A pensioner. Oh, okay. What's a pensioneer? Well, I, I receive, and they would say an amount in their currency from the government. And so, I guess like Social Security. Well, the amount they would say was like $150 in U.S. terms a month. Now, 25 years earlier, that was a full living wage for those people. What happened? Their currency got completely debased. And Uh. so, in current economic terms, they were getting just a pittance and they still got their pension. They were still receiving their pension. And so, this is possibly what is occurring in Western civilization and in the US and in England, which is... The debasing of our currency, which means yes, your mortgage will be almost a meaningless number in the future. But so, so, so will your social security payments, yeah. which is horrific. I mean, it's like wait. I what? think
0: you've just described the future of, of every so-called developed country, and it's, it's well. I mean, we're getting you know mm-hmm. to very big things now. But I mean, first yeah. of all, yeah, in Britain, by the way, we call them pensioners as well. It's, okay. it's a standard yeah. word. Yeah. But um, yes, it is unsustainable to have a pension plan that was set up when. And again, I'm not debating the rights or wrongs of it. I'm just talking yeah. about economics here. When you set up the pension scheme in the uk which is a little bit later in germany and possibly but earlier in the us but very similar early 20th century there were nine workers for every retired person there are now one, there are two workers for every retired person in the UK and the demographics of the UK like EU and not yeah. as extreme in ge- in America actually you have yeah. more young people there, are such that that will not be sustainable for much longer. So yeah. you put your finger on a harsh reality which is actually another issue but you're right, I mean basically inflation is the government's friend when you have a lot of debt but it's horrendously unpalatable to a lot of the, the populace and therefore they have to sneak it in but I, I yeah. think it is basically a very powerful incentive for any government or any central bank to have inflation at a yeah. certain level to wipe out your debts or at least to reduce the value of those in real terms so exactly right yeah it's a okay, sad so. and frightening thing but that, that's that's the kind of just you've capped it off with a a very uncharacteristically dark <laughs> but i believe 100% wow. accurate yeah, summary jason, went, jason very went unlike hard, you really jason bad. went all <laughs> went all michael on everyone for a minute there and like and this is the dark future of western civilization
1: well it's you know it's funny because i I think the reason is because when I went to Eastern Europe, I was like in my 20s. And, you you know, you just ask yourself the question, what happened there? What happened with the, you know, the former Soviet bloc countries? You know, you go to the Palace of the People in Romania and you see this building that's the biggest building in the world. And it's beautiful. I mean, it's a it's a it's a fantastic building, but it's it ruined their country. And you learn about the economics in a place like that, or you go to Zimbabwe, where there's literally I have a you know trillion dollar bills. I have money literally from Zimbabwe, uh, one hundred million dollars right here. This is what it looks like when governments print money: one hundred million dollars. Yeah, uh, and I've got 10 ten million. I've got a fifty million they give this stuff out. Like it's, uh, it's like monopoly money.
0: Yeah. And And when you go there and you do that, you think, could
1: this ever happen in the United States? It could happen anywhere. Could it happen in England?
0: Yeah. UK has had a pretty bad history of inflation. It could happen here quite easily. I mean, I think the U S would be harder for various reasons, but yeah. 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 Anyway. Anyway, So like, so may I bring you back to the point where we, we go into part two, which is the practical (laughs) responses, the positive stuff that you were trying to get me to do. It's funny. We had to. Just, just sort of talking a, a bit about sort of the meta discussion, discussion about the discussion for a second. Yeah. It's funny how inflation becomes two things, possibly very emotional. Yes. Secondly, there's a victim mentality that you picked up a bit on with me, which I've certainly yeah. yes. seen a lot with the uh, e-commerce sellers I've dealt with, yeah. understandably. And then the third thing is, yeah, it's, it's an emotional topic, isn't it? It's, it's Because you could how see I have a little maybe
1: not anger, but you, I guess what you're saying is we go through this cycle of emotions like denial. Then you maybe. get, what, what's after? I can't remember the-, the Well, you talk about ones,
0: the, uh, the whole- The um, denial,
1: then you got uh, acceptance, and then you got like <laughs> blaming and like, you know, then you then you accept it at the end or whatever. But anyway- This is the, the grief kind of cycle. Yeah, I think a, we're
0: yes. going well outside our competency, okay. but yeah, Let's you're right. Going. There is some emotional kind of relationship to inflation yeah. that we have to deal with. And you're right, you picked up on it. I think uh, yeah. there is something about it that we have to, yeah. The, the thing is, let me just kind of put it simply, maybe this helps that- Small business owners, we've we got to deal with reality as it is. So as like yep. Perry Marshall says, we need to live in the is world, not the should world. Because that's if right. we live in the should world, that's the place for pundits and political ranting and goodness knows Facebook rants. Yes. And actually, I would suggest to anyone that if you're facing the kind of stuff that I've seen my clients facing, that you just need to get your head on and just go, right, what's my business like <laughs> response yep. to this? Hey there, folks. Thanks so much for being willing to Listen to an episode that's about sort of pretty hardcore economic thinking and macroeconomics. I suppose the big picture stuff, literally global economics. And I hope you realise this—not just an indulgence that we, that Jason and I are getting into this, but it's just not only are all the pundits on TV talking about it, but. The actual e commerce operators that I know are really, really struggling with very sharply increased cost prices for themselves. The question becomes next what happens with the wider consumer market, i.e., can they pass those costs on to the consumer? Which is another question. Today we just dealt with the question of is inflation happening? And if so, how, you know, why is it happening? What are the drivers? What are the factors that drive it? And I think it's worth taking a bit of time out to figure out. Your personal view as the CEO of your tiny ship or your medium sized ship, if you have a medium sized business, to take a view on the weather, the economic weather you're sailing into. And I don't think that's a luxury to take that time out from the operations focus. I think it's a necessity if there's ever been a time when operating like you did last year was going to kill you I think it could be this year and 2020 goodness knows had its challenges but I think 2021 is proving to be even more challenging on the supply side i.e getting goods and getting them transported particularly globally but not only so the factors that we talked about um, with is inflation happening? I, I think broadly speaking, it's certainly happening in the e-commerce sectors that I'm familiar with. The people that are importing from China to UK or USA, they are seeing very sharp increases. Indeed, in the freight costs, four hundred percent increases, crazy three hundred percent, very much along those lines. Consistently, not just one or two unlucky people, and uh, the factory prices in China definitely going up as well. And um, India and other places like that, obviously struggling hugely with COVID at the time of recording. Early June 2021. So, is it happening? I think it is. And the fundamental factors behind it, as we've discussed supply and demand, economics 101. Really big demand in 2020 maybe still filtering through the system. Really restricted supply, though, of raw material, goods, freight, any kind of logistics. It's really a big problem. The other economic factors, I guess you could talk if you want to get into obscure, but I think possibly still relevant economic theory is that the the, the labor market isn't that tight at the moment in the UK, US, etc. But it is tightening up in China where people are, of course, the main producers of a lot of the goods that many of us sell. And then monetary supply also comes into it. If the government starts printing money sooner or later, you've got more money chasing uh, the same amount of goods and services. Really, if you're Milton Friedman or one of his followers are the monetarists, you will say that that is the primary driver of inflation. Well, it's certainly been out there for a while the question is when those chickens come home to roost i'm not going to give you the answer to that but i certainly think it's something you need to educate yourself about and see coming potentially so learn to read the weather if you like the third thing is government policy some some big stimulus money as well as the qe has been happening and uh, you know if you're a monetarist as i said that's the main driver of inflation if you're a person that believes that wasn't well, freed was right and governments are the main drivers of inflation they certainly have a very big incentive to do so because they have just giant debts a lot of of developed countries had very big GDP debt to GDP ratios, I should say, i.e. they had far too much public debt carried by governments. But since Covid, that has really mushroomed. So that implies also that future tax rises will pay to pay for that will also be added to the mix, which will generally speaking, push inflation up as well as obviously directly hitting us as business owners in the pocket. So this was the not very fun piece where we talked about what's going on. Is there inflation? I think our conclusion is probably yes. And what are the factors behind it? If you want to get more um, notes to look at some of the links and do your own research. And I would I'd advise if you have any time spare at all that you should be doing this. If you're very busy in your business during the day, evenings, weekends, educating yourself, I believe this is always going to reward you. Then check out our notes at theecommerceleader.com. That's theecommerceleader.com, no hyphens or anything. If you find that you're on your own with this stuff and you need other people to bounce ideas off, I would recommend joining a mastermind or potentially getting a coach, both could be good. If you don't have a dedicated time for reflection on your business, i.e., thinking like a CEO for your business, you're mostly just wearing other hats, then it can be even more important to dedicate that time in your week or your month to that activity. If you want to check out the mentoring that uh, I offer, it's an amazing fba.com forward slash mentoring that I being Michael, of course, bought the British accent, uh, if you want to check out what Jason's offering they, these days, they also have a mastermind as well as their wonderful coaching program. Go to winningonshopify.com and you can check out what we have to offer there. The final piece I would say on this is whether you join a formal mastermind or however however you achieve it, having the ability to compare notes with other people in the similar industry to you is extremely helpful because it can sometimes feel like you're the only person experiencing something And then the other hand, there's the very vague and terrifying stuff that the news media puts out. And in between, there is not that middle ground where you can figure out what other people in your industry are doing. So now is a great time to be part of a mastermind. I would really strongly recommend it whether you ever come near mine or Jason's or you go somewhere else. That's one thing. But the actual act of being able to compare notes with other people in the same industry is very important. And in tough times like now, never been more important. Thanks for listening. That was the E Commerce Leader podcast with Michael Vizi in London, England, and Jason Miles in Seattle, Washington. If you liked this content, don't forget to subscribe to the show on your podcast app. For free resources, including PDFs and videos on topics like traffic, products, and sales channels, just go to www.theecommerceleader.com. No hyphens, just as it sounds. Thanks so much for listening.